Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020. I am your host, Carter Laren, and with me I have uh, Carrie, whose video is not working for some reason. I don't know why, but she'll show up in a minute. There's the Skype logo to prove to you that she is actually here. Uh, can People can probably hear you. I don't know if for some reason your video is not showing up yet, but it will. It takes a minute because you just called back. So here we go. Really? There you are. Now you're there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just takes a second okay. for the software, and you, we lost the connection and then called back, okay. so it took a second. Well, hi. Good afternoon. <laughs> well, hi. Are you calling from an undisclosed location, Carrie? I am. I'm reporting from an undisclosed location. Uh, people might remember it. Remember the, remember the one that I did with uh, Kyle Abernathy, where I interviewed him about the difference between SJWs and, uh, or, or progressives and, um, uh, SJWs mm -hmm. and neo and neoliberals. Well, I did that one from here, but there used to be a big star here. And so I look like the statue of Liberty in that video. Oh yeah. I remember that anyway. now. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of undisclosed locations, I read an uh, article or I saw a headline. I didn't read the article. I had, didn't have time, but, uh, Maybe someone in chat knows. I think there's a rumor that now the Defense Department is telling key people to go to a bunker. <laughs> I don't know what? if they think this is the zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not the flu, but it's not the zombie apocalypse, guys. Anyway, do you see that or not? Uh, I didn't see that. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I don't watch a lot of uh, the news because <laughs> yeah. I've seen it in the past couple days it's been on where i'm at and it's just a bunch of crap yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not being i'm sorry i'm not very eloquent this morning it's just a bunch of like fear-mongering without a lot of relevant info and repeating the same facts with a big old ticker up in the corner of like how many people are infected and i don't think it helps people's mental health to watch that constantly yeah well anyway. the sad thing is that the did i lose you no, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Oh. Can everyone else hear me? Or just Carrie can't hear me? Tell me, let me know in chat. I think that you can hear, I think everyone else can hear me. Um, everyone else can hear me. The, the sad thing oh. is that, uh, the, sad thing is that uh, the media is the way it is because this is what our culture likes. I mean, at the end of the day, this is what we want. We want crap. So there you go. I don't know. Can you hear me now, Carrie? Are you good? Yeah, my for some reason my headphones keep going out, so I'm just gonna use my computer sound. Oh, okay. So I can hear you on my computer. All right, we're, we're good. Good, good. Um, a couple people shared this with me, um, and I think you shared it with me also, Carrie. So probably whoever was sharing it was sharing it with both of us, hoping that one of us would uh, pick this up and run with it. And I think we both wanted to. Did you see this? Uh, well, I'll share this article from uh, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. <clears throat> so this is an article about... Actually, is it all right if I just kind of read this a little bit, Carrie? Because there's a lot in here um, that's interesting. Please read it. So <clears throat> there's a Harvard summit to discuss regulating homeschooling. And we, we both know what that means, <laughs> right? Um so here, it, I'm just going to read through it here. Maybe I'll try and make it a little bit bigger so people can read along if they want. 
To someone of my generation, I'm proudly Gen X, the word summit evokes President Carter being bringing warring sides of the Middle East together or President Reagan meeting in icy Reykjavik with General Secretary Gorbachev. By the way, this is written by Darren Jones. Well, the homeschool community may be interested in a summit scheduled for June 18th and 19th at Harvard Law School to discuss, quote, a controversial practice, homeschooling. Hmm, apparently it's controversial. The homeschooling summit, Problems, Politics, and Prospects for Reform, is being billed as a means of bringing together leaders in education and child welfare policy to discuss child rights and homeschooling. They include, this is the part I really wanted to read, he's just going to list many of the people. Ready? They include Dr. Rachel Coleman, founder of the Coalition for Responsible Home Education and co-founder of Homeschooling's Invisible Children. She is expected to reiterate her organization's views that homeschooling must be more firmly regulated by the government. Proposed regulations include a call for annual evaluation of every homeschooled student. Samantha Field, author of Meet, Meet HSLDA, which is the... This is the organization writing this article. The most powerful religious right lobby you've never heard of. The article starts by declaring the Homeschool Defense Legal Association Homeschool Legal Defense Association has fomented a culture of suspicion and wild conspiracy theories that may put children in danger. Carmen Longoria Green, litigation counsel for the for Americans United for Separation of Church and State, Green's 2015 note for the Georgetown Law Review describes the current homeschool environment as, quote, massively deregulated and suggests that states should set up a process where homeschooled students could petition a judge to force their parents to send them to public school. Such a process is necessary, she told the Washington Post, because it's unreasonable to expect children to be their own advocates. You need a forum where an outside person looks at the situation and says, is this person meeting educational outcomes? Dr. Chelsea McCracken, who asserted in 2018 that, quote, research on homeschooled students' academic performance has been hampered by the lack of data collected on homeschooled students in most states. Dr. Barbara Knox, who worked at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine as head of the hospital's child protection program until 2019, when she voluntarily resigned while under investigation for alleged unprofessional acts, including intimidation of her colleagues, she currently works with the Alaska Child Abuse Response and Evaluation Services a department charged with making medical determinations about whether a child has been abused or not. Dr. Knox is a leader in the field of pediatric child abuse medicine, a specialty that the Parental Rights Foundation contends can lead to doctors seeing abuse, quote, lurking behind every injury. James Dwyer, a law professor at the College of William & Mary, he is a professor famous for claiming that, quote, the reason parent-child relationships exist, let's pause on this quote, The reason parent-child relationships exist is because the state confers legal parenthood. In his 1994 law review article, quote, parents, religion, and child's welfare, or children's welfare, debunking the doctrine, debunking the doctrine of parents' rights. Dwyer argued that, quote, the claim that parents should have child-rearing rights rather than simply being permitted to perform parental duties and to make certain decisions on a child's behalf is in accordance with the child's rights, is inconsistent with principles deeply embedded in our law and morality. And Professor Robert Wright... That is not true. Can I interrupt? Yeah, of course it's not true. and let you read some more? Yeah. I know, but I want to interrupt. This is very... I don't think they realize how dystopian this is, how it sounds. It's insane. It's like... It's like uh, Brave New World, which we read for book club about, you know, they're just growing children in test tubes and then 
the parental unit is is frowned upon. In fact, they they teach people that it's disgusting that you would want to have a mother and a father. And um, it's like, a, gosh, we've talked about this before, and I've been trying to find that feminist writer I had to read. There was a writer I had to read. It might have been I don't think it was Shulamith Firestone. I think it was, but although she's written about this, but I think it was another feminist writer who wrote about how in the future it would be ideal if children were ra- were exactly like Brave New World, if they were hatched out of t- test tubes and raised by a committee of people that were selected and was, you know, uh, the demographics of which was very diverse in terms of race and sexuality and sex and stuff and, and how this would be the best way to raise children and, this guy, I know they're simply talking about schooling and what's best for the kid when it terms, comes to schooling, but they betray this greater ideology, I think, in the way they talk, where it, it it's like they almost don't realize they, how they sound to normal people. Does, am I making any sense? Yeah, I just want to finish the article. Obviously, you're making sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Professor Robert Wright, whose views on homeschooling can be best summed up by the title of this 2015 editorial in the New York Times, quote, more oversight is needed. The summit is being organized by Dwyer and Professor Elizabeth Bartholet. In Bartholet's recent article in the Arizona Law Review, quote, homeschooling, parent rights absolutism versus child rights to education and protection. She, quote, recommends a presumptive ban on homeschooling with the burden on parents to demonstrate justification for permission to homeschool um so that was all that was all i really wanted to get through in the article before we chatted about it um yeah carrie you're you're well i've already talked about it yeah i mean uh you're right uh here's what's being revealed here and i by the way do i think that they know what they sound like kind of um this is an by invitation only uh summit so it will only be uh their own side the stuff that they'll say will be behind closed doors uh Look, these, so they know it sounds crazy. Probably. They, you know, they're willing to put this much out. But uh, look, these people, I don't know how to get it through people's heads. We've talked about this a lot. You are a farm animal. <laughs> these elites view themselves as the farmers. Your children are a resource. They are not yours. Uh, everything you have is a resource. Your money, your work effort, everything including your children. They are resources. You are a resource to be farmed. And this is how they look at you. And so the reason they don't like homeschooling is not because they care about how much math or science or, um, you know, reading, writing, or arithmetic, right? Your, Your kids are learning. They don't care. I mean, and that's obvious because anyone who cares about those topics would seriously question the value of public school, especially as it's declined in the past hundred years. So they don't, they don't care about that. What they care about is indoctrinating your children. And what they recognize is that homeschool is being used by parents to teach children parental values, to teach the values that that family shares. Not every family has the same values, right? Mine might be different than many of the values. Uh, I know a lot of people on this show are Christian, right? That, listen, you might teach your kids uh, Christian values. I wouldn't, although I think a lot of the morals would be the same, but those aren't the same values, but we each have the right to live our lives the way we see fit 
and teach our children the values that we see fit. But this is this is their big problem. Their big problem is is when you are a a globalist, an elitist, when you are a member of the farmer class, it the idea that other people can do things outside of your control is um, is abhorrent to you. It makes you upset. And so these people are upset that that people are taking their kids out of the control of. I mean, they, look, they've spent their entire career setting up the system. They've got. Uh, entire universities teaching people how to teach and then they're sending those people out into the public schools and they're providing them with curriculum like here's your gender unicorn and here's how to talk about you know these different things with kids and you know you got to talk about race in this way you got to talk about sex in this way you got to talk about gender in that way these this is the the right way to teach us history like well they're going to push things like the 1619 project like they have an entire apparatus set up and all of that depends on you having to send your kid to school. If you don't have to do that anymore, they've wasted all of their effort. They built a big cathedral that no one's going to go worship in. So they need that desperately. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is way beyond, this is not education. This, this is not a, a disagreement about the right way to teach kids math. This is a fundamental disagreement about um, self-ownership at the end of the day. Sorry, I know that was my yeah. rant. Similar to your rant, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, my rant is just that this sounds like all the dystopian feminist stuff that I was purring with at college, and it doesn't. I'm just curious about how they think this comes off, and I actually don't know if they're aware that it sounds so that it sounds crazy. Because, look, if you grow up in a house in a home where there's abuse of some kind, you might find yourself as an adult or even as a teenager or whatever, wondering about parental rights and kind of go engaging in this thought experiment about, you know, why don't people have to have a license to have children and not everybody is equipped to be a good parent. And you might find yourself going down this route, this route of like who, who's the advocate for children and what a parent's just automatic. I've been down that route before. I'll just say that I've had that thought. Sure. Sure. Like, you know, Why do parents just automatically have rights to raise you the way that they see fit? But uh, I think that that route ultimately ends in a crazy place. I think if you, if you, as a thought experiment, there's nowhere for that to go other than uh, people don't have a right to their own children, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. That the government somehow has a better stake and a better right to raising your kids than you do, and that's crazy. Right. And even from a practical perspective that they could actually do it well, although they can do it well if the goal is um, more little sheeple, which they can create. But I don't, I, I mean, I agree with you, Carrie, that a lot of people can have that attitude. I My suspicion is that the people that are at this summit, my suspicion is that it's not that they came from bad environments with abusive parents and are wondering like, oh, we need to make sure other kids don't get abused. I think I don't think that's the place that they're coming from. I think the place that these particular people are coming from are is much more condescending, and it is much more like, well, the rabble doesn't know how to raise their children properly. We have to step in and make sure that there's rules that they follow. And of course, they can use child abuse as um, a uh, justification for this. And honestly, like I, I, that's a real topic that we should talk about. There is a lot of. Uh, child abuse, and I don't think children are are protected um, to the extent that other classes are in our society. But we're very careful as a society to make sure that 
the abuse has to be like real and agree like you have to be actually doing something egregious um you can't just be teaching them things that other people don't like and that's what these people are talking about they're not saying we need homeschooling because some people are home abusing their children uh physically they're saying we need homeschooling because some people are quote abusing their children by teaching them the wrong things and this is another example of how the left conflates violence with non with ideas right this thing you say is violence right um so this is what they're saying. Yeah. Like the things that these parents are teaching them things, and that is abuse. That is violence, and that's not true. Well, like Daniel says in chat, uh, he says child abuse becomes another accusation that doesn't have to be proven. And yeah, and we've already seen that happening when it comes to this new uh, push for transgenderism and for the government and the schools and the medical establishment stepping in and saying they know better for your child than you do. And, you know, in Canada, they, they can take your children away from you yep. if you don't, va if you don't validate your kids gender identity. And that's starting to happen here in the States too. Yeah. And uh, Denzel in chat says the only place I ever got punched was in school. Yeah. So this is the, this is the other thing. Like public schools are, uh, I think I think this is a Michael Malice quote, but I, it's something, and I might be butchering it, but it's something to the effect of, uh, "Public school is the only place that most people will ever experience violence in their entire lives." Um, that's true. Public school is the only place that most people will experience violence. Um, public schools are horrible. So the idea that you've got to send your kid there because you're teaching them stuff that the ruling class doesn't agree with is is pretty abhorrent. <sighs> I've got a question for you, Carrie, because this made me think about something. Yeah. Um, and this is a question for every individual person to answer themselves. I don't think there's a universal answer for this, so I'm not, I'm not asking for, like, what do you think the answer should be for everyone? Um, where's the line for you for armed resistance? Because taking your kids away seems to be one of them. Uh, that's a certain, I mean, that's a line for me. I don't have kids, but if I did and the state tried to take them away. I've heard Ben Shapiro talk about that before. You know, I would meet you at the door with a gun, I think he said. Yeah. If you came for my children. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it, because a lot of people are talking about that now because of this coronavirus thing. And for some people, the line is uh, forced confiscation of weapons. Like, that's a line you can't cross. If they start going to house to house to confiscate weapons, some people won't, won't allow that line to be crossed. Um, I think a lot of people oh, will. A lot of people will just roll over and be like, well, whatever. But no, some people I won't. agree. Uh, let me interrupt. That's another line. No, they're not taking my guns. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, but just to be clear, both of these are lines for me. I'm just, I know everyone's got okay. their own their own thing, right? Um, I'm just laughing at the absurdity of them thinking that they could do that. If Of anyone... That's, I just don't think that will ever happen because I don't know many gun owners that are going to be like, yeah, here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, this response to the coronavirus has been pretty authoritarian and overreaching. Um, you know, think about what they've done. They've classified you're essential, you're non-essential. Right. Gun stores, they're non-essential. They've, uh, in fact, the NRA is suing yeah. the state of California because gun stores are non-essential. Um, they are, uh, they are, you've got states kind of fighting with each other. I don't know if you saw Rhode Island, Rhode Island has got their national guard out and, or, and, or their, I think it's their national guard, like 
searching down, hunting down people with New York uh, license plates, forcing them to give information and quarantine, which I think that's unconstitutional. You like prob like a New York plate is not probable cause. Um, but this kind of stuff is starting to to go on, and people seem to be kind of a lot of the mainstream people kind of seem to be like, well, it's for our own good. Like stores have to be shut down. Also in um, I think it was Indiana. There's a I think it's Howard County in Indiana. Um, they've now said that grocery stores can't sell things that aren't essential because it hurts the other stores, which are, have been forcibly shut down that sell non-essential things. So like if you're a toy store, you're shut down because you're non-essential. Oh, Therefore, Safeway can't sell toys, right? I mean, the amount of overreach and um, not overreach is the wrong word. The amount of micromanagement that the government thinks that they can just step in and do here, even if it's a crisis, I get that it's a crisis, but uh, the amount of micromanaging they feel comfortable doing and the amount that people are just kind of swallowing it is a little bit scary to me. I've seen, okay, so we've talked about this briefly, but let's let's talk about it some more because my mind has been here as well. I've seen people, and like people in chat are saying, people on Facebook who are actively calling for more government interference, and I've seen people calling for martial law. Yes. Like, begging for it. Um, what are you talking about? And then, and then, so I, I think it's, uh, is it the governor of New York who just said, or was it, it was de Blasio who just said that they're going to, to forcibly shut down any churches or houses of worship that aren't complying. Oh, I missed that, that one. And uh, there's a video clip of it. And, and I was thinking of sharing it and I might still share it, but I just know I'm going to get a ton of people who are, who are refusing to hear what I'm saying because like we've talked about and like Douglas Murray talked about in the book that we discussed last night in book club, people want to hear you saying something you're not saying so they can argue about that instead of talking about the more difficult thing that you're actually talking about. And so I don't believe the government should be able to shut down a house of worship. Of course and I, <laughs> I don't believe that. And I, do I believe that now what people are going to hear me saying is that we should all go out and go to church and like, they're going to be like, well, you should stay home because you'll spread it. Yeah. What you should do and what you should be allowed to do by the government are two different things. Right. So don't go to church, but don't call for the government to shut the churches down. Right. And I think it would be and a beautiful, here's my thought, and this is what's probably going to get me in trouble because I kind of want to talk about this. I know Trump was talking about reevaluating on Easter Sunday, and I thought there was symbolism in that idea. Now I know he's saying, well, that. We're not going to make it. Let's reevaluate even further out, right? But I think it would be a beautiful gesture if some churches engaged in civil disobedience and said, you know what, we're going to be open on Sunday. And if you want to come and make that decision for yourself, then come to the house of worship. And if you don't want to, we totally understand. Stay home for your own safety, but we're friggin' opening. I think it would be great if gun stores did the same thing, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, Keith, Keith, the hack guy in chat um, correctly says like shutting down businesses without cause violates property rights. It's un it's unlawful in the U.S. It's unconstitutional in the U.S., which makes it illegal. I think unlawful and illegal are two different things. It might be lawful because they passed laws that are unconstitutional all the time. But yes, uh, it what they're doing is not I don't know where the precedent for this, not the precedent. I don't know where the power comes. They just write these they write these laws that give them these sweeping powers to just suspend the Constitution in times of emergency. And um, look, the idea 
that this is the level of emergency that rises to martial law is pretty ridiculous, right? The, the commies aren't on the streets. There's a virus going around. It's got a kind of a high death rate, and it spreads a lot, and, like, a lot of people could die, but it's not, it's not, this isn't a zombie apocalypse. Uh, the death rate isn't 50%. Um, you know, it's, it's an issue. It's a public health crisis, but... There's lots of things that kill lots of people. And again, Carrie, I agree with you that like people seem to be unable to separate these two things of like, I think you should stay home and you should be allowed to go out. Um, so I, you know, I'm not saying you should you should go out and mingle in the crowd, but you should be allowed to go out. And frankly, um, if we had a culture where people were trying to stay home to to do the right thing as much as possible, you could have some of these other stores open in the in the risk would be minimal because not a lot of people would be in the stores. At least there would be kind of minimal business going on constantly, right? Even at the gun store or the toy store or whatever else um, because there would be fewer people there. But, uh, you know, they're just really, they just really want to use this opportunity to uh, to test. I think it's they're just testing what they can get away with. And here in California, you know, I think I said this the other day, I was sequestered. Now that I'm not allowed to go out, I really want to go out. Um, but most you, people are like, eh. huh? You are, we're, okay, you know, I, we are like a, a Venn diagram in that we overlap in some places and then we vastly do not, <laughs> yeah. do not overlap in others, Carter and I. One of the places that we overlap is we I have a real problem with authority. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, as you should, as any as any non-farm animal should. No, no animal likes to be caged. Um, okay, so I'm gonna show you something. Uh, this is a, a curse word warning, but this made me think of you. I was gonna send this to you. I don't know if people can see it. It says, uh, "Oh well, I don't know. If people can't see it, but it says it's a meme. It says government asks me to stay inside. All caps. Me. All right." Government tells me to stay inside, all caps. Me, quarantine this D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I actually saw that meme. It's a great meme. <laughs> it's totally true. It's totally true. Um, and and honestly, I know that it sounds childish and reactionary. I think there's something healthy about that, which is um, we need to constantly police the relationship between ourselves and the government. And the government is like this... Uh, <sighs> I don't know. It's like it's like a pack of hyenas around you, like trying to get close and steal your food or screw you up or whatever. And like you gotta constantly police them because if you turn your back, they will steal your food um, and they will f you up. Like you've gotta you've gotta police that relationship. And so I think it's rational to have a heightened sense of when you're being told by the authorities that you must do something. Um, I'm all for them making lots of recommendations, make recommendations up the wazoo, encourage people to stay home, um, give them tax cuts. Why don't you just like cut a bunch of taxes and say, Hey, we're not going to tax you this year. Uh, we're going to lower your taxes this year. So you got a little bit extra money in your pocket to stay home. Um, and then just keep doing that forever until taxes are zero, but whatever, like, and you, like all the encouragement stuff I'm happy with, but the, um, prohibition stuff, I think a free people should not respond well to being told not to do that. And I hope that there's enough American spirit left in this culture that memes like that one are popular, I assume. Yeah, Nicole Ivy just summarized what you said in chat. She said, yeah, we should incentivize staying home 
like South Korea did. I don't really know There's what South diff- Korea did too much. Do you know what they did? I don't know, but but there, her point, the word incentivize, there's a difference between incentivizing people to stay home and punishing people for choosing to keep their small business open. Like like L.A. is saying they're going to do, which is to shut off power and water, right. you know, to, to small businesses that open. Screw you, L.A. Right. Maria Tuscan in chat is saying, technically businesses and churches can open if they want, but insurance companies, et cetera, will revoke your licenses, et cetera, and you will be socially ostracized. I don't, is that a Washington thing only, Maria? I don't know. Because in California, we're being told you can't. Although I don't think they actually have the authority to tell you you can't, but that's what Gavin Newsom is saying. Um, yeah, look, and I, I get insurance companies, um, you know, this is part of, and this would be true even in a an anarchist utopia, you would likely have insurance organizations that would say like, well, we can't insure you. You can be open, but we're not going to insure you for X, Y, and Z because uh, we think it's too risky. And that's, you know, that's private people um, making personal decisions or business decisions uh, voluntarily about what they are and are not willing to do. Now, I assume if you have a contract with an insurance company, though, uh, there would have to be a clause that says, like, we're allowed to just tell you we're not covering you for some weird reason, maybe related to government edicts. I don't know. Um, so I imagine that's a little bit complicated. But. Well, and like I said, there's a clip out there you guys should go look for. It. It's um, de Blasio saying that in New York City, their churches will not be allowed to open. And if you hear of one opening, report it to the government kind of thing. Because Stasi. <laughs> Yeah. We all want we all want the Stasi. Um, speaking of New York, actually, I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> Governor Cuomo did something good. Oh, uh, what was it? He responded. I mean, not everything he's done has been good, but he did a good thing. Uh, and my friend sent me this article. Um, part of his response to dealing with the coronavirus emergency is exactly what you would want a a libertarian government to do. Um, He started suspending laws, laws that make it illegal to um, practice medicine if you don't have these, like now people who are like, have are licensed from outside the country that are around that can help are allowed to help uh, without being, uh, without getting in trouble. He's like, he's reducing regulation and allowing people to actually help. And uh, he's reducing requirements for maintaining medical records. And like, just, he's basically saying like, hey, Let's get some of these regulatory barriers out of the way so that as many people that can help uh, as possible can help. I don't think that's that's awesome. bad. Yeah. And now, clearly, New York screwed up in a lot of ways, um, although I think that was predominantly New York City that screwed up, and Cuomo is obviously the governor um, of New York. But he went um, – I don't know if you know there's like a – you know how there's um, – you can bet on everything in nowadays – there's like yeah. a betting thing for uh, who's going to win the Democratic nomination. And Governor Cuomo, who's not even running now, is, uh, has higher probability than Bernie on the, on the betting charts. Well. I don't know why. But. A couple of things from chat. I'm, I'm looking at it on my phone because it's, I've, I've got problems here with my um, Wi-Fi. So I've, I've got it. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. so Laura is talking about, did you see the Navy Mercy ship is already there, just as Trump said it would be? I have friends in New York uh, who are posting about the Comfort, the ship that has shown up, and just how, what a nice, beautiful, 
like uh, emotional moment that is to see this ship with like the Red Cross on the side. You know, this. I don't ship. know this. Can you tell the story for people? Because I don't. I don't know this. Well, I don't know much about it. Other than that, I have a friend in New York who went down, walked down there to get some video footage of the ship, and the ship is there to provide medical relief. And um, and then somebody shared a clip of Rachel Maddow last week, and I haven't watched her in a while. And oh my gosh, I don't know if she's always been this way, and I just didn't notice it before back when I loved her. Or I think actually she's just gotten worse. Probably it was a clip of her talking about how Trump said he was going to send the comfort the ship, mm-hmm. the naval ship to to New York, and that it would be there with, within a week. And she was like on camera saying that's nonsense and making fun of him and saying how stupid that was and the ship is there why would that why? be nonsense in the perf- in the first place ships can travel i don't know i it's just i think it's just you get like we talked about and like I, in that video i did I, about this trump derangement syndrome i think people just get locked into being so negative they can't be positive about anything do you think she's going to go on her show and say you know I'm sorry, I was wrong. He did send that ship to New York. We appreciate it. No, <laughs> I don't think she's going to do that. Did you see Rachel Maddow? Speaking of that, did you see her reaction to Trump this weekend? That was, was her. Weekend. That was her. I'm talking about. Oh, it was Rachel Maddow. Okay, I missed that part. Okay, but did you see no, she she tweeted that like he said thank you to her? Did you see that? Oh no. Yeah, she. So she had the interview with the. Army Corps of Engineers dude and Trump thanked her like thanks for highlighting the military and blah 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 and she couldn't even take that she just had to like yell back at Trump on Twitter about how he was horrible and did the worst thing ever and blah 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 it's like (sighs) she can't even like he's like thanks Rachel and she's like "Ah, F you yeah you can't it's just it's all encompassing this hatred it's it's blinding and it's pushing people like me really far away from you Rachel Maddow like it's pushing me much closer to him (laughs) because at least it's like you can't even be rational anymore and say there are things I really don't agree with that he's done and there are things that I really agree with they can't do that they have to they're just constantly negative and that's exhausting and it's not fair and and yeah Daniel Keene in chat points out that the ship was in Norfolk shipyard uh, having routine maintenance done and it was expected to take four weeks and took four days. So that's why she was like, oh, it's not going to happen because it was having maintenance done that was supposed to take four weeks. But, um, you know, one thing about the military, they are uh, very well funded and can mobilize quickly to do things quickly. Um, So uh, I guess they did. took four days. Good for them. Someone asks in chat, uh, uh, or they say that trans individuals are angry that gender reassignment surgeries are deemed non-essential. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about that last week, right? We did. Yeah, that's well. That's just uh, there was a Vice article that we talked about, and it's just ideologues pushing, you know, pushing their ideology even when circumstances change so much that there's a lot more at the forefront of people's minds. Um, Dr. K, who's in chat, hi, Dr. K, mentioned this last night in book club. We were talking about, like, uh, starting to see some SJWs who have been a little quiet for a while, picking their heads up and starting to try and make this about the ideology again. And that Vice article is a perfect example. It's like they can't 
they can't see anything, even a crisis of this magnitude. They can't see it through anything except their ideological lens. They have to, it's like glasses. They don't take the, most of them are not going to take the glasses off just because this is happening. They're going to look with those magic glasses and try to figure out how can I make this about my ideology again, you know? Well, one thing I've noticed about them though is, and th and this is, they're criticizing him very vociferously but they're not saying what they should do. Like even even Biden's like, here's the things I would do. He like listed four things he would do, and it was basically what Trump was doing. They're like criticizing what the government's doing, but they're not really saying what they would do. Oh, why would they say that? <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. They don't. <laughs> they don't have any ideas. <laughs> I'm, I mean, they're really. just going to be angry at whatever happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, uh, this is my concern also, because this is what happens with every, so every financial crisis, this happens, right? The government, um, the government sticks their nose in the economy somewhere, screws it up. We go into a financial crisis and then they're like, see, capitalism doesn't work. Um, I think that's like, no matter what happens at the end of this, even if, I, I don't think our government's handled it perfectly, but it doesn't matter. Even if at the end of this, uh, things kind of turn out okay or um, no matter what way they go, the narrative will be, it would have been much better if Trump hadn't done, and they're just going to name whatever that he did. They're not going to... No. They're never going to praise anything he did that they liked. Right, right. And, and I don't, look, again, we, you and I don't even agree with everything that's going on, um, at least no, at the not, state and national level, well, both levels. So, yeah. Not by a long shot, but at least I can say that not everything has been awful and, you know... It's, I and it, like I said in a previous podcast, like I wouldn't wish that job. I don't have a list of things I would have done better because it's so far outside of my expertise. Why would I have a list? So what I do criticize is pretty, you know, pretty broad. Like I think he should have shut down travel. To, I, I like that he shut down travel to China pretty early. I wish he had shut down travel from other places a little earlier. But that's not a huge, you know. It's not this big disastrous response that they're talking about. And yeah, I don't like this bill that is giving, you know, this trillion dollar bill for corporations. And have you seen some of the stuff that's happening after the bill? You know, so they bail out the airlines and then United, after this is all signed and the airlines are getting bailed out, United's like, well, we're still going to lay people off. And then, you know, they, they include what, like 350 million or something like that for the, um, for the uh, uh, was it the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts that it was, they include? It was, it was thirty-five million. Thirty-five million. Okay, and then what happens? The Kennedy Center says, "Hey, we're going to lay off all our musicians." Right. <laughs> like, they're why would they not do layoffs? They're getting. I see you laughing. <laughs> it's just central planners are so dumb. Anyone who thinks that central planning is a good idea is just dumb. I have no other words for you. You're just dumb. <laughs> Uh, There's like anyway, 7 so billion people on the planet in this like beautiful orchestra of voluntary agreement with one another, like deciding what prices things should be and how things should work and what's important and what's not important and where you should ship what and how much and when. And <laughs> there are like literal idiots in the world who are like, yes, but a very smart central planner could do a much better job and make it more efficient. I mean, I, I don't, how can you be that dumb? <laughs> no. 
Um, okay, so I want to talk about one other thing about that I saw this morning that is kind of egregious. Is it related to coronavirus? Because I have one more thing about coronavirus. I just yes. want to say. It is. Okay. This, Go ahead. Uh, did you see that CBS News aired video footage from Italy, from a hospital in Italy, and told us that it was a hospital in New York? I did not see that. Uh, is it kind yeah. of like airing footage from Kentucky and saying that it's the Syrian crisis? Yeah, kind of like when they did that. Who did that? Was that NBC? <laughs> that was ABC. That was ABC. ABC. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like when they did that, CBS. And why do they want us? It's like they want us to be freaking out more than we already are. You know, scenes inside a New York hospital. That's not New York. And <laughs> Why are they all speaking they, Italian? Yeah, do they think, <laughs> why are they speaking Italian? <laughs> Do they think that people aren't going to call them on it, I guess? Or they think well, – I think what they think, and they're, they're right about this, is that the people that – when they are called on it, nobody's going to pay attention to that. So all those people who have the news on all day in the background are seeing this footage and thinking that it's happening in New York. And then are they going to see on Twitter, hey, you guys lied. That's not New York. That's Italy. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. They've also just been repeating China's talking points. And, and, and this is just another thing that I um, – people are forgetting this. And, like, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to put my statist hat on because I'm, I'm not into, obviously, having a big government. But, um, you know, when people criticize, like, Trump should have shut down these borders first or done that or whatever, you got to remember China – and when I say China, I mean the Communist Party in China, not the people in China. China knew they had a problem, and they lied about it. Um, not only did they lie about it to the external world, but they lied about it internally, right? They, We talked about this before. They harangued Dr. Lee, who eventually died of the virus for, for being a whistleblower, about um, this virus. In I think he noticed it in earlier mid-December. Um, by Christmas, he was getting in trouble. Um, and then I think he died maybe January. Um, but they knew that they had this problem and they didn't tell anyone. They didn't, they didn't go tell, uh, WHO. They didn't go tell the U S they didn't, they weren't honest about what was going on. Instead, they were obsessed with what all communist parties are always obsessed with, which is their public image. They were very concerned about their public image. And so they didn't want anyone running around saying anything bad about China and their management or something that might be happening in China. They, repeatedly um they repeatedly censored uh articles or or video or anything about the crisis by their own chinese people that was being uh published so if you published a news story that was that that said anything other than hail the great leadership of the ccp in china you get your account deleted in the news story and, and who knows what happened to you but the news story would disappear within like an hour um your account would get deleted and i and you know People in the Chinese community kind of knew this for a while, and they knew that, like, when a story came out, they had to read it right now because it might not be around in 45 minutes, right, because it was getting censored. So the Chinese government was censoring and lying about all this stuff. They continue to lie, but it's important to know that they were lying at the beginning. So we could have shut down. We could have taken action had we known earlier. The whole world could have taken action. Had we known what was going on in China, we could have everyone could have closed their borders to China. China could have closed its borders to the world. Um, instead, uh, you've got the, what is it, Di Diamond Princess is the ship that went to Hong Kong and infected, and where people got infected. You've got travelers going all over the world. Um, you know, Trump shut down travel from China, but a lot of Chinese citizens uh, just went from China to another country and then to the US. 
Um, so it wasn't really that strict of a shutdown, um, which I think he was also criticized for the shutdown at the time anyway. Um, so like we're kind of behind the eight ball here and we have a lack of information. And I guess one thing I want to just point out is just because there's a catastrophe and things go wrong doesn't mean um, that doesn't automatically mean that it was mishandled. Like sometimes things happen in the world that you just don't have the information for. You couldn't have planned better for like, I'm sure there's things we could have done better, but like we're two weeks behind and everything. But if just as a layperson, if I watch how this has been handled, you've had the WHO kind of be very wishy-washy about what was going on. You've got authorities losing credibility because they're lying to people about whether masks work. They're saying like, well, masks don't work unless you're a doctor. Everyone knows that's not true. So now people just aren't listening to anything they say. Um, you had New York telling people to ignore the whole thing, just go out and party, go to Chinese New Year. Um, Trump is just full of, it's, or not Trump, but uh, this is all just fake news. Like, go hang out. It's, it's just the flu. It's not a big deal. So yeah, we had a lot of, we did a lot of things wrong, but I guess I guess my point is um, a lot of this a lot of this comes from uh, not being sure from from China, like not having correct information from China. I still don't think we have correct information from China, um, and so I don't know this blame game about like well Trump should have done this and Trump should have done that to me is pretty useless because we don't we don't we still don't really have information. We need information and we just don't have it. Um, and, and, you know, and saying, well, we have to test people when they're symptomatic. If you're not symptomatic, don't worry. That's just, you don't have to be a doctor to know that that's dumb. People are running around spreading it asymptomatically. Like that's, that's known. So why is the policy to only worry if you're symptomatic? There's just been a lot of stupidity that normal people can see coming from the elites right now. And it makes me question what their goal is and whether they give a crap about stopping this at all, or whether they really just want to tighten their fist around our freedoms. Sorry, I have a question a about that. Um, I saw in the comments, uh, key, uh, one of our, one of my friends, uh, Kiara, not the not the Kiara you you th you're thinking of, um, said that that who chart that you shared with the the character that kind of characterized whose response uh -huh. was was not a good chart, but she didn't say what was wrong with it. Did you see that? And do you know what she was talking about? I saw a comment about? about that. And here's my general here's my general uh, reaction to YouTube comments. I I love correction. If you want to correct me on YouTube, I will. If if it turns out I was wrong or we were wrong, we'll say it on the next show. We'll explain. We'll thank you for the correction. Absolutely. But um, things that I ignore on YouTube are like I don't agree with you. I don't care. That's not an argument. Like that chart is wrong. I, what the hell does that mean? Tell me why it's wrong. Tell me how it's wrong. Show me that it's wrong. So like, I I don't I don't I looked at that comment and I was like, all right, the charts. Wrong. Okay, well that's Big well deal. no I I if there's no information I agree. That's why I I just wondered if you knew what she meant because she didn't say why it was wrong. Right. But and but that I, said, I, I'm happy to be told like if there's information why it's wrong, tell us in comments and we will respect you for it and thank you for it and correct ourselves because we're not omniscient. Um, but you've got to just dismiss out of hand anyone who's who's like expresses disagreement without reasons. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat. Jody young. Oh, Jody. So Jody says, blessings guys. Keep it up. Someday my SKW kids will listen. We can't prevent all catastrophes. It's certainly arrogant of us to think we can. What is SKW? It's social justice warrior misspelled. I think. Oh, 
someday my social justice work. <laughs> Unless she has social knitting war- warrior kids. Oh, that's cooler. I, hope I don't that's, know. I hope that's it. Uh. Thank you, Jody, very much. Oh, she says SJW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Very nice. I don't know, Carrie. Um, I don't. I don't want to like. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I do. I am concerned about people's reaction to this whole thing. Um, you mean welcoming in? Do you think Are we like boogalooing, or are we just being authority? Like I. I want to think people will stand up, but I, I don't. I don't know if they will. Carter, I don't think it's um, – well, first of all, you're there, we're at the beginning of what you've correctly, I think, pointed out that is going to be a long haul, and there's an infinite number – like if you were writing a screenplay, there's an infinite number of things that could happen, and and I just think that the worst possible things are pr- probably not likely. I know I tend to be more of an optimist. I just don't think that they're going to come trying to confiscate guns or – um, and, and I, and I do think that, that this is America and people have a, an, this independent spirit for a reason, you know, it's like baked into our cultural DNA. I don't think once this, once this has, um, passed, I don't think people are going to put up with being told they can't go operate their businesses. I think, I think they're already getting testy about it, you know, and I, rightly I hope so. so. I, I, I hope you're right. Yeah. Um, I hope you're right. And I guess I guess my big concern is um, I don't know if that's the American culture anymore. Like, I know it was, um, but I don't know. Like, I've, I talked about this, I don't know, a few months ago because uh, I had been speaking with a friend of mine who's well-connected to law enforcement. And, um, you know, in law enforcement, this is a general trend, obviously not uh, – indicative of everyone but the older generation of law enforcement seems to be the generation that is more in tune with like um protecting constitutional rights not wanting to be as authoritarian jackbooted stuff they like view themselves as protectors of the constitution in a major way and um probably would would actually uh resist some major authoritarian moves like on the side of the people um, but they tend to be the older generation, and a lot of the newer generation tends to just be, you know, thuggish bullies who want a job. Um, and that's not that's not my that kind of was my observation. But I, I like I've verified it by talking to people who know better, and like that's the general trend. And so my question is, then you know, you have generation after generation of kids raised with these government schools, which they would love to be mandatory, um, and k- kind of being groomed to accept and like authoritarianism how much longer is that spirit going to last i don't know well i think um this is why you should join some local facebook groups of small towns (laughs) carter (laughs) 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 because it's like i've said before it's proving to be a great insight into the psyche of humans of average humans and there are definitely those people in there who are like, bring on martial law. And, you know, <laughs> I saw people outside at the blue hole today enjoying the water and sunshine. I'm calling the cops. And, yeah, call the cops. Uh, those people are definitely there. 
and you you can see their dark little authoritarian hearts, you know, thriving in this. You can see who they really are, and whether that's because they're animated by fear that causes that, or or a, just a desire to control other people. I don't know what it is, but you can see those people. But you can also see, I think, what I've seen is that there's a lot more people in those local groups pushing back against that and saying, like, mind your own business. Like, you know, what is wrong with you? My view may be skewed because I'm in California where we've kind of accepted communism already. Mm. So it could be be that. You know what's funny? Uh, There was, in one of my local groups, uh, there was a guy uh, who uh, was, was calling out one of these, and he was like, you know, all you people pushing for this, you know, martial law and stuff. He was basically like trying to say they're not even native Texans. He's like, you know, you bring these ideas from California and blah, blah, blah. And the woman he happened to be arguing with just so happened. I don't think he knew this. Nobody in the group knew that she was, she did happen to be from California. She was like, well, I may have moved here from California. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she was. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, on behalf of California, I apologize to all the free states. <laughs> we're like we're like rats jumping off of a sinking ship, but we're bringing all the hey, disease moved, with us. I moved here from California, but that's you know. true. But you're not a Californian. You're you're not a Californian. Nah, I'm a South Carolinian. Yeah, um, which, by the way, you know, it's interesting to see how my small state is handling it too, and some of those like the small towns there. And um, yeah, I would say I would encourage anybody. And if if you have the stomach for it, join a local town forum, even if you're not in that town, if you want to get a a window into what average people, how they're reacting. And uh, I think it's more of an optimistic, I have more optimism because of it than I do pessimism. Although you'll definitely see the types in there who want to control everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that spirit is still alive. I don't really have much else we need to talk about. I was upset about the homeschooling stuff. I've ranted about China enough. I don't know, coronavirus. <laughs> There's not else a lot going on. I, you know, I think um, just for what I'm doing in my life right now is we're, uh, we're getting to the point where we're running out of some of the fresh stuff. <laughs> that we're not going to be able to replace at this point so uh we're having to be like oh i guess we gotta eat the stuff we don't i mean we have plenty of food but we're we're starting to you know move into the place of like eh, we gotta eat stuff that we don't want to eat uh as much right it's not that we don't want to but you know fresh eggs last only for so long right and then you're screwed um but uh i think we're we're in it for the long haul so have you still not left your place no so we are reacting. This will be interesting to see. We're two different case studies here on Unsafe Space. Uh, the town that I'm in now just now issued their stay-at-home order last night. So they're a little behind some of the other. They're behind where I live. Uh, clearly, I'm not at home anymore. Um, but uh, I've been going out every day. So not every day. Well, I mean, I go for jogs and stuff, but... Um, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, Carter. <laughs> I know that you're, and I'm being safe in my own way. Well, we but, do. We do go outside. Like we have property, and so we go outside. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, no, we haven't gone. The thing is, there's no reason to. I guess if we if it got to the point where we desperately needed to, but there's not really there's not really reason to. So. Um, Debbie Chandler says, wish you were closer, Carter. My hen started laying and I have four dozen eggs in the fridge. See, this is the thing that I'm kicking myself for. I have literally, I had just finished reading a book on how to raise chickens. I had been designing um, the chicken coop to build when all this thing started. So I was like, I'm behind by a couple months and it's frustrating because we we're about to get chickens. Um, but uh, but we don't. So. My neighbors have chickens and... Uh... Because I, I heard the rooster the other day. I think they got them just in time. Uh, but, yeah, that would be cool to be able to raise, you know. When I was younger, my grandfather, we, we had a, he had a farm. We had chickens and rabbits and everything. Um, well, Carter, you have to do that once this all blows over. You have to raise your chickens. Oh, yeah. No, it was already on our, it's already on our agenda. So uh, we will definitely raise chickens. But, yeah, no, we're still kind of hunkered down. The thing, the nice, here's, here's, I'll, I'll try and be, since I'm always the cynic and the, uh, I'm the pessimist and you're the optimist, um, I will say this, we started self-isolating well before everyone else, as you know, um, because my argument was, uh, we are, what we're seeing is two weeks behind, which was correct. All the data we're seeing is two weeks old because there's a, on average, 14-day incubation period, um, so, or up to 14-day incubation period, so, the numbers we're seeing were old and the virus is kind of spreading in the community silently. On the flip side, as soon as it starts to kind of even out and go down, uh, I'm going to feel way better about going out because um, we are two weeks old. So <laughs> things are two weeks better. At the beginning, they were two weeks worse than everyone was looking at. At the end, they'll be two weeks better than everyone else is looking at. So um, I'm trying to keep my eye on for that, but out for that. But uh, in the meantime, um, you know, we're just all shut in in California, and uh, I'm waiting for crime to hit a little bit more. I think as people stay forced inside and start losing their jobs, I, I don't think this is going to be a good week for jobs. So uh, I think we might see more and more crime, and that's the scary part as well, if you're near a major city. Yeah. Which you're not. I definitely I definitely think that you we're going to see an increase in that and you know we've talked anecdotally about just um hearing reports of domestic violence increasing and child abuse increasing and stuff like that and um I think you are going to see robberies and car break-ins and things like that on the rise. Even in my small town there have been a couple of businesses that have been broken into at night now. So um yeah. I think that I think that you're going to start to see more of that, which is also another reason why not to belabor this point, but another reason why they should not be shutting down gun stores because people should be able to, you know, protect themselves in their own home, especially since the, there are places now saying the cops aren't going to come, like we talked about in the last episode. They're not going to come for breaking and entering. Well, then you should be able to have a gun in your own home to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to, uh, I think I've mentioned I listened to the police scanner a little bit. Uh, during this thing to get a sense of what's going on and last time last night was the first time I heard our local police talk openly about the virus like saying to like dispatch was saying like take precautions this person's like a possible uh, contagion like this person is possibly infected um, and I think as it penetrates the police which it will I think it's already penetrated the police in several areas um, you will see them have they're gonna have to triage and um they're not gonna. They're not gonna come out to your house just because you're being robbed. Yeah, that's crazy. And in New York, they're letting people out of jail. 
Yeah, uh, Sign and just said, have you heard rumors of the jails releasing people? Not just rumors, like news stories. California is absolutely yeah. really letting people out of jail. Mm -hmm. yeah. New York's doing the same. My One of my friends in New York just keeps posting articles about people they're letting out. Right. Right. It's, it's like, what kind of dystopian novel is this? <laughs> yeah. This is the thing, and, and Ninja Kitty brings this up in chat, and... Um, he says, unfortunately, many of these new gun owners know nothing of them and will end up being one of those stats, right? Like, yeah, this I have mixed feelings about. Like, I do think everyone should obviously be able to go get a gun. I also um, and I'm a little bit anxious about it because um, they're not even going to a lot of these people aren't even going to have range time. They will have no. And you and I have both trained uh, people in the past, Carrie, right? So. Oh, we know some of the ridiculousness that happens when people have no training, right? They will have zero safety training, really. They will have zero practice at the range. Um, so now you've kind of got this, uh, you've got this powder keg kind of, you've got this precarious situation where people have got firearms, they're going to be scared. If there's looting and other stuff, they're going to want to use the firearms. I think a lot of people will not really be able to use them properly. Um, and those firearms may fall into the wrong hands or they'll hurt themselves or whatever. Uh, so I don't, uh, while I support the idea of people being able to do this, I think it is kind of, uh, it's unfortunate because we don't have a gun culture. If we had a gun culture, everyone would already have a gun. They would just be running to the store to buy more ammo or maybe a backup. Uh, but we don't, we have a, we have a bunch of like, you know, panty wasted wimps who have never shot a gun before who are like, I need to go protect myself suddenly. And like, they don't have any idea what they're doing. Um, and those are the people who are going to shoot off their legs, and that's a little bit scary. I have nothing to say of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't I, think – anyway, okay. You don't, you're not worried about it, so that's fine. No, I'm not that worried about it. I do think uh, YouTube back when they – YouTube used to be – I don't know if they stopped this, but they were cracking down – like they do a lot of things. They were cracking down on instructional videos, like shooting videos. Which is, I mean, now would be a time when you might like to see some instructional shooting videos if you're at home and can't go to a gun range and do real lessons. I've seen but, some, so um, I don't know. I think it depended on what kind of gun it was at the time. This has been a couple years ago. It was back when when they there were one. It was one of those pushes to. Um, you know, ban anything that they call a so-called assault weapon. It's the, at the same time I was doing um, Google ad stuff. This was probably 2015 or 16. I was doing Google ad, ad stuff for a friend of mine who had um, a custom gunsmithing business and they just started changing the policies on us without telling us what the policies were. So we would have to submit Google ads without knowing which words would get us pulled or not. And it was just a trial and error thing. And so if you included like a rifle, you would get pulled. But if you included handgun, you wouldn't or something, you know, things like that. It's crazy. Nice. Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad our overlords are making it more complicated for us to protect ourselves. I don't know. On that note, uh, Carrie, I think we should probably yeah. uh, call it a day. Thank you, everyone in chat, uh, for hanging out. And thank you, um, I don't know, thank you guys for just watching and sharing the show. I, we had a good book club yesterday, so if you missed it, you can go back and look at the, um, the book we did yesterday, which is Madness of Crowds. And uh, let's hope that I'm just being a crazy person and this will all return to normal and there's no nothing to worry about. 
So. And thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for watching. If you like, you can support us on Subscribestar financially. You can contribute monthly or a one-time tip. And thank you for everyone who donated during uh, little the, rag, the little ragamuffins raffle that she set up, and to all the vendors and people who donated patterns and yarn, and that's super cool. We really appreciate it. Um, if you like this video, hit like and subscribe. And I want to put Tiger up here. Tiger Tiger likes the apocalypse. I'm home all the time with him. He gets to eat wet food. I give him a T R E A T every day. He goes on lots of walks. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's loving well, it. Uh, anyway, one one thing I I forgot to say about the people who joined in the last week, uh, you're not in the credits yet, but I will get around to doing that hopefully today. Um, so, but there have been a lot more subscribers thanks to uh, Little Ragamuffin. So, uh, don't worry, you'll be in the credits. Um, I'll get around to it hopefully today. And uh, thank you again. <laughs>